0: A Hail Mary, that was a sad Mary. People falling down, being held, nobody looking or knows what's happening. Would you have called pass interference on this? Also, the most elaborate signal stealing in the history of the world? The Banana Peel return strategy. It's a bold choice for college football. And the little thing I like to call the World Series. Let's go around the horn. Oh, right. So, so, Tim, I saw you pulling the flag. You're calling a pass interference on a last bro, second half. You know, the NFL said they were going to start doing this a few years ago. They haven't really done it yet. Sad Mary, or for my Paisani, lazy Mary, and it was a win for Buffalo. The contact there or not, and whether it was interference and disrupted a tap play that could have been for Godwin. Godwin couldn't track the ball, and it falls to the turf. Second question was, was it the must-win, must-dominate the panel demanded of the Bills yesterday? Marcel, you could start with anything you want, but just know I'm gonna ask you, did the Bills win get them right or leave their contendership murkier?
1: Um I think their contendership is still pretty murky, Tony. A win is a win. Don't get me wrong. Like, you did what you were supposed to do against a team that you were expected to beat. Josh Allen was back to his old self. It was about as most balanced game I've seen the Bills offense play in the past five years or so. Four different receivers with over 60 Mm, receiving yards. But – defensively, I'm still just not sold that they can get this done without Matt Milano and Trey White. Maybe without White, but Matt Milano is arguably the best inside linebacker in the NFL right now. That is simply too big of a burden to deal with, and I mean... Tampa still had a shot to win it at the end of the game. We just saw the replay, Tony. They were still having trouble. They're still having trouble putting teams away. This is four straight games where things have been uncertain at the end of the game. I'm not sure that they're a championship caliber, but they have Josh Allen, so they'll always have a shot. And
0: just to drill down on the last play, are you throwing a flag for pass interference there, Marcelo?
1: Yeah, I'm throwing a flag. Whatever the rules are, the Bills just understand it at a molecular level because they had the exact same scenario more or less against the Giants a couple weeks ago where it could have been called and it didn't. So clearly the Bills know they should teach the seminar. Emily Kaplan.
2: Yeah, I think that the Bills did a lot of things right. They corrected a lot of the ills from that Patriots loss. Josh Allen was handling pressure really well. He spread the ball around to four different receivers. He limited his turnovers. The defense, I thought, was great for most of the game. They shut down Mike Evans until that last drive. Eleven different drives that the Buccaneers had. Six of them ended in punts. That's fantastic but well, you can't let it unravel to the end of the game where it gets to a point of a Hail Mary. And I don't trust this team. I think it's a very murky case when you get to the playoffs if you're going to finish games like that.
0: So that's too that the Bills' state of affairs got a little murkier with a win. Tim Kalisha, how about you?
3: Continued murkiness for sure. Uh, even if they were more balanced, even if they played a little better, Tampa Bay is throwing for a winning score on the final play, just like the Giants Dying. were Dying. In, in Buffalo the last time they were uh, – you know, in Buffalo a couple weeks ago, that is a problem. That's a continued problem. Uh, Marcel mentioned the defensive issues. I just don't think it's going to become a great defense like they've had in the past. It can be good, but the offense is going to have to get just a lot more productive to really carry this team through the play.
0: And to Pablo Torre and what you saw from Buffalo
4: last night. I saw a case for optimism that is clear, and now listening to everybody be pessimistic, <laughs> because there are no great teams in the NFL this season, Tony. There aren't any, and they're going to play some of them coming up, right? The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, we'll see all of these contenders, they will, the Buffalo Bills, and they'll find out for sure, but right now, in a, in a league in which offense is down across the board, and there are no standout, obvious championship favorites to me. Here you have a team led by a quarterback whose main problem has been seemingly rectified. We started this season on this show talking about how Josh Allen seemed broken. He passed for almost 80% completion, Mm -hmm. right, in this game. He was fine. Another touchdown on the ground, as Marcel alluded to. So to me, is the defense a question? Sure. But
0: everybody has questions. They have a great answer. Okay. All right. So you are optimistic. Not as much murk. Yes. From the Bills last night. Less murk. Less murk. Okay. We've been normal move on. Bucks 118, Sixers 117. First impression of Damian Lillard with Milwaukee. Ooh, he can hit those free throws. 17 of 17 from the line would have counted most. And the dagger three. Lillard had 39, which is about as good as you could have in a debut. Before this game, and the Clump folks, quote, this is his team, end quote. Talking about Lillard. So, Pablo, how much stock do you put in Giannis saying that, that it's Lillard's team? And what's your takeaway from their first game together?
4: Let's be clear, Tony. Lillard doesn't own this team. He has a timeshare in this team. And luckily for Giannis, that is the fourth quarter. That is when it is Dame Lillard's team. And we ne- remember how this season ended against the Miami Heat last season? They scored 16 points as a unit, as a team, in the fourth Dame Lillard scored 14 in the last four minutes. So look, it's Giannis's team through quarters one through three, and then it's Dame time. And that part of the mythology of him is clearly,
1: unfortunately, quite real. Marcel Louis-Jacques. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, checking my watch, it looks like it's Dame time still. <laughs> they have in Milwaukee now something that should make the rest of the East terrified, and that is a closer. When you watch that heat Buck series from a couple years ago, Jimmy Butler is a closer. Giannis wasn't quite that. You kind of were hoping that some combination of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday and Lopez could get hot. You know what Dame is bringing come the fourth quarter. This is wonderful. And for Giannis to say it's Dame's team, that's just him saying, I don't want any controversy. You can have it. We all know whose team it is. This is Giannis and Tentacupo's team. He's still arguably the best player in the world. But I love what, top, what Pablo said. Come fourth quarter, check your watch. It's all right. T-
0: If you love what Pablo said, though, I'll give him the point. All right, there we go, Marcel. Thank you. Emily Kaplan, number one takeaway from the debut of Lillard and Giannis together from Milwaukee.
2: I gotta disagree with the fellas here. It's not just the fourth quarter. If you watch this entire game, it was Dame's game. When he was on the court, they were plus 15 without Giannis. When Giannis was on the court without Dame, they were minus 10. 34 of his points were unassisted. When I initially heard that quote, I'm like, okay, here's Giannis just doing the right thing, making his new teammate feel comfortable and assimilated, but he means it. Like There's a level of humility that Giannis has at this point. He knows that the knock on him in the past was he doesn't want to be the guy, or not I even mean, trust him to be the guy to take the shot at the end now he knows they've got to take the shot at the end and drive the offense throughout the game and they're the best team that Giannis has had so I totally buy that this is Dame's team but this is the best team in the NBA and I think the rest of the league should be
0: there there. it is one game takeaway this is the best Mm. team in the NBA that's why we're here and to extend it I think you would say then this is Giannis and Lillard are the best duo in the NBA that's another conversation people like
3: to have Tiv Kalishaw to you Best team in the NBA got a couple really fortunate calls down the street and got to the line. Yep, the Sixers at home. (laughs) Also that. But but I will agree with this. I mean, they've essentially traded Drew Holiday, a very good, solid two-way player, for Damian Lillard, an an unstoppable offensive player. That that's just a nightmare for teams that build their defense to stop Giannis. And now you got to worry about Lillard over here. That that's the best. It's the best two-man combination in the NBA for there sure. There it is. Okay. I'm going to take a little more time to say it's the best. Marcel,
1: game. were you shaking your head no on best duo? Please. Oh, hold on, hold on. Best duo. I'm not willing to call them the best team in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets still very much exist, and there's still no guarding that Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, uh, two-man game. Okay. But I do think that this is the best two-man duo in the NBA. Absolutely. Who's stopping a Giannis, Dame Lillard, pick and roll in the East? Absolutely Pop love for... No, I love this trade.
4: I, can I can I just get more than a game in? Oh, yeah, a you game can absolutely. Ab- <laughs> take as much time as you need.
0: No. You'll get muted for it, but take as much time as you need. That's all. That's, that's <laughs> it. We've been hard. We'll move on. Now the World Series, game one tonight. Unless you need more time, Pablo, I can talk to the commissioners, see no, if they can, can hold it can, for you. We can do
4: show. No, we
0: can Diamondbacks, show. Rangers, yeah, we can do the series granted. you didn't know you needed, the House Money Series. Tim, you'll be there. Which team's advantages will make the biggest difference in this World
3: Series? Pablo, these teams have played 174 games. I hope that's enough for you to participate here. I'm going to give you three quick reasons <laughs> the Rangers have the advantage. One is their deeper, better, more powerful lineup. They hit 67 more home runs than Arizona this season. Two, they're the best defensive team in baseball. they got five Gold Glove finalists, and they've showed that defense throughout the players' playoffs. And three, they have something a winning team has to have, Tony. You know what that is?
1: Timing. A manager. Oh, okay. That's
3: right, a manager. (laughs) you got to have a manager. And they've got a manager who's won three World Series with a lot less of a lineup in San Francisco. Bruce Bochy's going to get him another time. Wow.
0: Systematic, automatic, like a Tommy gun delivering those bullet points. Tim Kalashaw, Marcel Louis-Jacques. Both teams have done things very well in this postseason, so they both have advantages in their arsenal, whose will make the biggest difference?
3: <laughs>
1: I think it's got to be Texas. And really, it, it depends on what you value more. Do you value the base running and team, overall team speed of the Arizona Diamondbacks? Or do you value the, I guess, the depth and the home run hitting, the power of the Texas Rangers? I'm never going to speak ill of Bruce Bochy. I grew up in Northern California. What he did with the San Francisco Giants is still legend up there. I love that, the uh, advantage they have in the, in, in the uh, dugout. At the same time, they also have the hottest hitter in the game right now, Adoles Garcia, and I know one guy does not make an impact on an entire baseball team, but when he's that hot, it's infectious as the Houston Astros found out just last week. Give me the Rangers, although they've let me down before, so I'm not going to say it's a sweep or even a gentleman sweep. I think they split the first four games and then win the next two Rangers in Pablo
4: six. Torre. The reason you pick the Diamondbacks is the reason the Rangers and the Diamondbacks are in the World Series, which is that none of the large sample size stuff matters, actually. It turns out. The Diamondbacks, Tim, the Arizona Diamondbacks are still being outscored on the season despite being in the World Series. Hasn't happened since the 87 (laughs) Twins. And so what is the magic of the Arizona Diamondbacks? It is the base stealing. It is the fact that they're squeezing runs out of nothing. They have a couple of pitchers that they trust. Everything else is a bullpen game. I don't get it. I'm a math guy, ostensibly. I don't get it. But all I know is that I keep seeing it. And for that reason, sure, give me the Diamondbacks in 2020. And Emily
0: Kaplan.
2: Math guy wants a small sample size, a big sample size. Nothing's going to make you happy, Pablo. (laughs) Um, Okay, when I look at the Diamondbacks, though... (laughs) When I look at the Diamondbacks, though, I know they don't have the power to win in a shootout against the Texas Rangers. We know that. But their secret weapon is actually their pitching coach, Brent Strom. He was the architect of all of those really good Astros runs. He came out of retirement, and every move he has made has hit all the right notes. That bullpen has a sub-3 ERA. And look, I'm going to say this. I'm not scared of offending the state of Texas. I am a little scared of offending Tim Kalashau, who has have a lot. But this team is 6-2 and two on the road. You think they're going to get a crazier environment than what they had in Philadelphia than they have in Texas. No, both these teams have played better on the road than at home
0: recently. Tim, you know who's throwing out the first pitch tonight for game one?
3: I believe it's uh, George W throwing to Pudge. Yes,
0: one of the greatest first pitches of all time, 22 years ago. Yes, I was there, but but, but now he's 77. Can he still get it there? That'll be something to watch. Coming up, you guys ever see the movie Imitation Game or read about the Enigma code breaking at Bletchley Park? Nothing compared to the most elaborate signal stealing in the history of the world. Next, a guy who bought a ticket with a cell phone in his (laughs) seat at the arena.
5: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details welcome back to around the horn coming to you from the seaport brought to you by chase
0: lakers 100 suns 95 how l.a got their first win bounce back game from anthony davis 30 12 and 35 minutes from lebron james the plan for 28 to 30 minutes in the minute restriction all season Thrown out the window in game two. LeBron says it was an easy call to go over. Tim, good thing or bad thing to blow through the minutes restriction in game two?
3: It's a little desperate. I mean, if you're going to have a restriction, it's there for a reason. You want LeBron to be good in April, and you hope May. If you're so desperate to beat a Suns team without Beal and Booker at home in October, that's not a good start. Emily Kaplan?
2: Yeah, I feel like we're talking about the Bucks. who's the top dog. LeBron has been the top dog for 21 years. Every time we try to write him off, we forget that the aging curve needs to be redefined. And this is a guy that spent a million dollars on his body this year. Stop giving him limits.
0: Okay. All right, fine. So you're going the other way, that we don't even need a minute restriction. And last night was proof of that. Marcel Louis-Jacques.
1: Yeah, I mean, he went like five minutes over the restriction against a team that's expected to be one of the best in the West. you got to set the tone at some point. You're going to feel a lot better about yourself if you lose with your best players on the court than you do if you lose with LeBron. All the right, match. so you're... If he says he's good, let him go. You're it's all right, right with no Jay. minutes
0: restriction. In game two, the decision has been made, and Pablo Torre, how about you?
4: Yeah, I buy his decision through the lens of storylines. LeBron knows story. One story is if they lose a second straight game to a team that they're supposed to be right there with, that's a storyline problem. But the second thing is, Tony, the bigger story of the NBA. Load management. Thank you, LeBron James, for establishing Adam Silver's dream come true. Guys caring about a game that was missing, by the way, two other stars that I think everyone was missing.
0: Buy or sell two the most elaborate signal stealing in the history of the world that's the latest from ross dellinger yahoo has been all over this michigan alleged sign stealing scandal that quote from an unnamed opposing coach reportedly multiple coaches told tcu to be prepared for last year's playoff game with michigan tcu put in dummy signals after hearing about all the signal stealing reportedly michigan Reportedly, never scouted TCU, allegedly. TCU won the game when they scored 51. Marcel, the NCAA investigation continues, but most elaborate in the history of the world, and everybody knew, and it had been consequence in the national semifinal. Is this getting more damning and salacious, or more hyperbolic and something else?
1: way more damning, because not only is this the most elaborate scheme in the world, but it has also failed to win you a national championship. How are you going to cheat and still lose? You, you held Ohio State to 23 points, but TCU can drop 51 on you? Another thing, though, I'm starting to think Carter Stallions was a rogue agent, because what kind of company man buys tickets with his own name, brags about what he's doing via text message, and leaves a paper and digital trail? I actually wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh didn't really know everything that was going on all about
0: all that that allegedly. Allegedly, look, I'm willing to But see. the headline most elaborate signal stealing in the history of the world. You're buying that this was the most elaborate the world has ever seen, Pablo, how about you?
4: I'm old enough to remember a time when a trash can getting banged upon was a high watermark in the world of science fiction. <laughs> okay. I don't think this reaches that threshold. I do like Marcel's new theory, though. I'm going to indulge it. The idea that, in fact, Connor Stallions, great name, is a double agent on behalf of another team because he's so sloppy in the cheating that he was alleged to have committed. I do think, though, the reaction, broadly speaking, to this scandal is symptomatic of why this scandal happened in the first place. A desperate, petty attempt to undermine your opponent. I don't think this is a matter of a difference of kind. I think this is a matter of a difference of degree. And clearly the Harbaugh family knows something about going the extra mile to get, you know, what you want. Tim Kalisha.
3: I still think the story is more weird and funny than it is a serious transgression. If all these teams knew, uh, as is is suggested, Michigan was doing it, nobody really spoke out about it. And that, that big elaborate quote, most elaborate in the world, suggests a lot of other teams are doing it. Michigan's just more invested. The thing I think is funny is that Michigan sees itself as this lofty university that, oh, we wouldn't stoop to that. That's for the Ohio States Mm. of the world. We don't worry about (laughs) things like that. And now they're the ones getting caught. Uh, Allegedly, and Emily Kaplan.
2: Here's how I feel about the scandal. We are all learning about how broad and commonplace sign stealing is. We're all learning the rules of where and you cannot scout. The second we find out, OK, this is Michigan involved, we're a little interested. The second we find out, oh, it's an ex-military guy, OK. And then when we find out, he writes a 600-word page, rather, manifesto on his plans to take over the program. This is the most hyperbolic scandal of all time, and I cannot keep my eyes open.
0: Yeah, I mean, you call it the most elaborate, the guys buying tickets. For a total of $15,000 over 40 games, that's a pretty good deal. I'd love to know their stuff up, connection. Uh, it, it, to sit in a 100,000 seat stadium, to take out maybe a phone allegedly and maybe look at a sideline everyone else can see? Wow. Alice Show, Kaplan, Showdown Next.
5: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why?
2: Around the Horn is presented by Truly Hard
5: Seltzer. Please drink responsibly, part of happy hour.
0: One undefeated remaining. Last night on ice, down go the Bruins. Ducks quacked them twice in the third and again in overtime. Down go the avalanche. Penguins plowed through them in a shutout. Only the Golden Knights have clean undies. Emily, power rank me
2: the Golden Knights first. You know how rare it is in the salary cap era for a Stanley Cup champion to return its entire team except for one player? And the one player that's now regular the Golden Knights, Paul Cotter, scored maybe the goal of the year this week. Then I take the Bruins. Nah, I take the Avs. Then the Bruins. Don't worry, though, Tim. Your stars will be just fine.
3: Mm-hmm. Timmy? I think the stars are right in this discussion until about 10 o'clock last night when they lost to Toronto 4-1. to But I do think it is <laughs> Vegas, and, and I agree. That, that team is, was loaded a year ago, and they lost very little. They have a great home ice advantage, great crowd. Mm. It's going to be a very tough team to stop.
0: All week. right, so you're both out and on a, a limb. The defending champs are the yeah. best team to start this year. You guys been catching up on the Frozen Frenzy. I love it. I call it the friend zone. And uh, I love when they dip into a Montreal game and it's in French. Love it. We'll move on. Slipping on a football is our final showdown of the day. Because it wasn't just that. It was actually slipping on a football, and the result being it's a fumble, and you just let up a touchdown with the recovery in your end zone. Oh! Tim, how do you explain that one to your teammates?
3: I'm just wondering where 23 was going. He's walking away from the ball when it's kicked, just assuming it's going to go in the end zone. Uh, even though his teammate could have saved him, that's a, that's a tough one for, mm-hmm. for the bowl. Emily? Ball.
2: Yeah, I feel like most people are going to watch this and say, oh, it's not top ten. It looks like that guy just ran into a home-alone booby trap. But I'm going to carry Pablo's torch for optimism. Let's give some flowers to that kicker. What a kick that was.
0: The man slipped on the football like it was a banana peel. Unbelievable. Tiff Kalishaw, he's covering the World Series tonight. He's taking a
3: FaceTime right now. Oh, thank you, Tony. Uh, You know, these eyes have seen many things in the sporting world through the years. I've seen two Detroit teams win championships In Detroit, I've seen the Tigers in 84 and the Red Wings in 97. I've never seen a Dallas-Fort Worth team win a title here. You know why? It's never happened. The Cowboys won five Super Bowls from Pasadena to Atlanta. I saw the Mavs win in Miami. Stars in the middle of the night in Buffalo. Rangers in six. So they can be the first to win right here.
0: There it is. We'll see if it plays out, and we'll see you Monday.